0: Welcome to Expect the Unexpected, a Chula Radio.com original series, Poppy Chula Radio Pop Culture On Demand. Today is Wednesday, August 9th, 2023, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on CBS's Big Brother. Please welcome my co-host, my fellow house guest, Michael Pena.
1: What's up, people?
0: All right, let's dive into it. We've got a lot to talk about, but first, we've got late breaking news. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm gonna read the first a little bit of the first article that dropped, and then I'll read a little bit of the second article that dropped about the same situation. TMZ was support was uh, reporting this. Um, various other pop culture websites were reporting about this. Reality T dot com, like everybody was talking about this. Uh, this is the headline from tvline.com. Big Brother House Guest drops N-word during live feed. Fans call for his ouster. So uh, Big Brother House Guest, Luke, uh, dropped the N-word earlier today, late last night. So uh, he was in the Humiliverse room and... Uh, He was with Jared, Hysom was there, and Corey. And um, he just starts, you know, I guess, talking about something. He was like, we were in the cheese room, N-word. And then he caught himself. Uh, He says, I'm sorry. Um, He gets into this conversation with Jared. And uh, Jared uh, basically said that he didn't really care And uh, he's like, you know, maybe I should have made you feel uncomfortable. You know, did you just say that? And Luke responds with, you know, I should be lying on the floor and I'm in trouble now. He's like, I've been in worse trouble. So that was the original article, just quoting what was said. Fans took to social media and basically said that Big Brother needs to do something about this. A lot of people were immediately calling for him to be basically um, removed from the house and that sort of thing. But a lot of people were also saying, you know, I don't think Big Brother's really going to do anything. You know what I'm saying? Because there have been other people in the past that have used uh, other racist terms and uh, nothing really happened. Well... Uh, Let's see, what time was this one posted on uh, TV Line? This one was posted at 11.43 a.m. Eastern Standard Time by, well, three hours later, actually. um, This was posted on TV Line. Big Brother's Luke removed from Season 25 after using N-Word. And this was the official statement from CBS and Big Brother Producers. Luke violated the Big Brother Code of Conduct and there is zero tolerance in the house for using a racial slur. He has been removed from the house. His departure will be addressed in Thursday night's show. Okay, now let me just say this. I honestly thought after reading the first article and seeing the clip of him saying it because i mean i'm just gonna be even fully honest the way that he just casually said it it seems like it's a term he says you know what i'm saying uh, it just flowed out of his mouth as if he uses it as if you know he just says it um i honestly did not think they were gonna do anything to him and maybe it's just disappointment in previous seasons where other contestants other house guests have dropped, maybe not the N-word specifically, but certainly racially charged and blatantly racist language or homophobic language or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that I just did not think that they were going to do anything. And I thought I was going to be coming on this podcast and basically saying, what the fuck are you doing, big brother, and why aren't you? expelling him, especially because Big Brother, over the past couple of seasons, you know, there has been this diversity initiative that CBS has done over all of its reality competition programs. And I was like, if y'all are going to, you know, strive for racial and ethnic diversity on your reality competitions, you need to do something. So I thought I was going to be like, you know, pissed that uh, Big Brother didn't do anything. I am genuinely shocked that they did something. I'm impressed, and uh, I, I'm glad that they removed him. Um, yeah, uh, this is just a little PSA to all white people and non-black people out there. Don't use the N-word. It's not your word to say. I'm just saying. Anyway. Anyway. Mr. Pena, I don't know if you've been following along with this all day as I have been, but uh, yeah, your thoughts on Luke getting the boot? Bye, bye, bitch. <laughs> That's a good one. I, I like that.
1: Uh, I, I mean, I just found out not too long after the,
0: I mean, before the after
1: mm-hmm. the episode ended actually, because I had a buddy of mine watches Big Brother like you. He does the feed again. I just I don't like to be spoiled sometimes. I like to just kind of go with it, see what happens. And I just found out the news. I was like, whoa. For one, like you said, it's amazing that Big Brother did something. And that the fact that he actually said the N-word. Now, and I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be very direct. Yes, it was wrong. And he got the correct punishment. Just to be straight up. It's like a real job, right? It doesn't matter. It's casual. You should never say it. Even privacy. By yourself in a corner. You know, whatever. This is public, right? Cannot. So he's gone. That was the correct choice. But then when I watched the clip, I initially thought, oh, man, like when I read the headline, like, man, this guy went at it or he was in a fight or, you know, he got into someone's face. But it was, as you mentioned, like he says the word. It was very it was thrown in there nonchalantly, like he was talking to a buddy, you know, for good or bad. And then, uh, I mean, I'm proud of the way Jerry kind of handled it, you know, saying, hey, he didn't care. But then again, they brought up a good point. Was it just for, you know, the TV or does he really not care? Because we'll look at it this way. I know it's wrong, 100%. But unfortunately, we still know people, of non-black, whether it be white, Hispanic, uh, any other race that's not black, in a society since forever, they've unfortunately used it casually. They should not. It is 100% wrong. But it is something that is not uncommon, even today with, with uh, in today's times. But it was just kind of crazy that he slipped up, so to speak, and he did it. Now, there's no racial charge behind it, and you brought up a good point. Like, nothing happened to other people because it wasn't that word. And I think that's, like, that word, you cannot say it in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. The other stuff, you know, they they scapegoated around it. You know what I mean? They're able to kind of play with it. Like, well, I didn't use the word, but they're, being, they're still being racist and uh, stereotyped towards people. But... Hearing this news is crazy, man. The fact that Big Brother acted so quickly, you know. I feel bad in the sense that he wasted an opportunity. But did he deserve to get kicked off? Yeah, 100%. They made the right move. Now, my only concern with this is how is he going to be treated outside now on social media? Because he shouldn't say it but he doesn't deserve death threats or anything to that magnitude. He screwed up really bad. A lot of people screw up like that, and they need to know better. And that's the thing, right? People just don't know better. Like, It makes no sense to even continue that type of specific language like you mentioned. It's not their word. You know what I mean? But, hey, they made Big Brother history, right? They had swift action for zero tolerance on any type of racist remark. And I give kudos to Big Brother on that, man. There was no if, you know, wishy washy, and it was just straight to the point. Hey, you did it. You said it. You're gone. Whether there was ill intent, whether it was a complete accident, whether you said it since you were born, doesn't make it right. And they got rid of them, man. So hey, it's pretty nuts. It turned out this way. Now my my thought is, are they going to course correct to speed up some of the stuff? Whether we just going to be down a member, or are they going to maybe have a quicker uh, entrance of a new? You know, contestant or new guest, or you know, it's gonna be the same. What What do you think? You think they're gonna continue, you know, to follow the the script, so to speak, or they're gonna maybe speed some things up to maybe get another player in, or
0: maybe a fake eviction week? Well, before I get into that, just a couple follow ups. What you said, number one, for me, at least, speaking for myself, I don't feel bad for him. Um, I feel bad for maybe the alternate or someone that was, like, almost about to be cast, but instead they cast him, I feel bad for that person. I don't feel bad for Luke. Number two, um, Big Brother Twitter is savage and merciless, and see Big Brother Twitter never forgets. Um, unfortunately for him, he will always be known as the Big Brother contestant that dropped the N-word. Um, so, you know, I mean, that was his own fault, because the word came out of his mouth. Uh, uh, For whatever reason, he forgot he was on camera. Um, You know, it doesn't make any better that it was the N-word with the A at the end versus, you know, the one with the hard R at the end. Um, But, yeah, that was his choice. That was his actions. And, yeah, um, he's going to have to, you know, take to social media and do whatever he needs to do now that he has been removed from the game. You gave props to Jared. I don't know if I fully give props to Jared. Like, I feel like he should... Like, his reaction... And this is coming from a non-black Latino. Like, his reaction, I feel, should have been like, whoa, dude, you shouldn't say that. Like, I did not like that he was very chill about it. I don't know if it was strategy. Maybe we'll see some you know, diary room situation where he was like, you know, I didn't want to make a big deal about it at the time because of whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it seemed a little too chill for me. Um, yeah. Um, as a non-black Latino, I'm not here to tell the black community what to do, but I, I don't feel like people should be giving passes to people. Like, oh yeah, you can say the word. You know what I'm saying? I don't like that. I, I feel like no one that is not black, should say the word. Um, There's a history to it, and listeners, if you don't know the history to the N-word, where the hell have you been? Like, seriously. I mean, and you can do your own research about exactly how it was used to dehumanize an entire race. But anyway, moving away from that, how is this going to affect the game? Well, clearly we will have to see the fallout in the next episode, as they said. So we'll see the fallout of that. Will the fallout mean that the game changes this week. If I'm being fully honest, I hope it does. I hope that we do not have an eviction. Because I will say this, and this is like jumping a bit into the episode, I like Kirsten. And if this is her, you know, second chance at life, I'm actually kind of okay with it. If she survived because a racist was removed, (laughs) I'm kind of good with that. You know what I'm saying? So, in my mind, I feel like it will be a fake eviction in the sense that maybe they might even do the, the official process. You know, they'll have the nominees seated, and right when it's time to vote, Julie will come on and explain what has happened. That's my hope. Uh, On other competitions, when contestants have had to drop out, um, Dancing with the Stars is the first thing that sort of pops into my mind. You know, if someone has had to drop out for, like, a health reason or an injury, there usually isn't an eviction that week. You know, it's typically the person that has to leave. And since he was forcefully removed from the house, if he was expelled from the house... I think that would count. I'm trying to remember in the past. I feel like other people have been expelled for different reasons, for violence and that sort of thing. And I don't remember now if the eviction was canceled. But in my mind, I feel like it's going to be canceled. I could be wrong, though. I, 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 think, I think you're right.
1: I've seen shows, even like kind of like Survivor, they've done that to where if a person gets out for any reason whatsoever, whether it be medical or he's unsafe to the players, or they just, technically they count that as the eviction. Maybe so. It's not uncommon. It's actually, I think, more common than people think just because it saves the week, so to speak. And like you said, it could be kind of a a very random uh, way for her to get saved. You know what I mean? Like, I had nothing against mm-hmm. her. I just thought she played too hard. It kind of gives her a second win in the game. But I'm going to say something, and I don't know if it's going to paint a different picture of me with you, but just I'm just always very careful uh, whenever I use the racist word. Like, I don't call anyone – racist regardless of what was said initially because i know they use the wrong word right don't get me wrong and unfortunately i've grown up my whole life hearing people that aren't supposed to say it say it but what he said it is a racist word but i personally wouldn't call him that but i can see how you would i just disagree with that one statement because when you call somebody that, that's like that's hardcore you know what i mean and actually if you watch big brother canada it was a very interesting conversation about that. You should watch the – what season was it? I can't remember. It's one of the seasons. I'll find it for you. But it was a very interesting conversation about that, actually. But, yeah, so I digress on that. It was really bad. He just – he just screwed up so bad, man. What a – he's so dumb. And like you kind of said, it. I didn't think about it, but you brought up a good point. He took an alternate spot that could have had a shot at the game or their lifetime opportunity, you know? And it
0: sucks that this person took it. Absolutely. I still stand by what I said. But um, I hear your interpretation of it. All right. So, okay, so we talked about Luke. We'll probably be talking about it again tomorrow because we're going to see the aftermath of all of this and we'll see everyone's reaction to it so let's get into the actual episode at hand and after the usual previously on big brother we get opening credits this is the first time we've had opening credits since season 23 we had just the big brother logo and the guitar riff last season. So we got opening credits this time around. When I just mentioned that we were going to talk about it pre-show, this is for the listeners, Mr. Pena sounded disgusted by it. Very. Um, Okay. Well, then I'll... No, you know what? You go first. You uh, rip it to shreds.
1: I think it's such a waste of time. I've never liked intros like this for survivor i could not stand it i'm so glad that i got rid of it i think they got it back i can't remember but i just feel like it wastes time that we could be watching content on the show that's what bothers me so much it's like okay that person okay that person okay that person okay that person okay that just it's very repetitive for me like i love tv shows that have such a small intro or almost no intro like uh how i met your mother it's a, like a 15, 20-second tune and done, or less than that. It's real into it. How I Met Your Mother is like a five-second tune, and it goes into the show. That's just me. I've never been a fan. I understand maybe like in the premiere, even, like as a quick introduction, or maybe even the second episode, but for me personally, it's a, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of editing. It's a waste You're taking away from the content we could be seeing on the show for the game, so the gameplay, the conversations it's like, why take away that precious time from the game? That's the Survivor learn They got rid of that, and now they're more focused on showing more content of the show. But that's just me. I just, I've never been a fan. I want to get right into the
0: episode. Well, you're on one side of the coin, and I'm on the other. And I will say this. Big Brother Twitter mostly agrees with me. We missed the opening like theme last season and I'm so glad it's back I thought everybody looked great Um, I love everybody's little shtick that they do Um, and of course Seree just looking regal at the end Um, I loved it I missed it it was fantastic I thought the updated animation to sort of fit with the multiverse theme was really cool I liked it so mr. Pena hated it and I loved it So uh, we pick up this episode with day three, and we get uh, the nomination ceremony fallout. Now, remember, this isn't a nomination ceremony in the traditional sense. This was a nomination ceremony where there were four nominees, and the HOH, Riley, could remove uh, two nominees from the chopping block, leaving the traditional two nominees headed into... uh, eviction night. Corey and Jared were saved. Felicia and Kirsten remain on the block. So, Mr. Pena, let's talk about the nomination fallout and everything that happened just before alliances were formed. We're going to talk about that separately.
1: Well, it was interesting to see. It was uh, not unexpected, but I kind of feel bad for Felicia just because she seems like such a good person, man. I thought Okay, let's see how this person is. Because I know personally, sometimes the older players can go one of two ways. They can go very stereotypical. Or they can kind of really reveal themselves a little bit. And she seems very true to herself. Like, there's no gimmick. There's no trying. There's no crazy paranoia. Not to the max. But it's very nice. And the more you get to know her, the more she speaks. It's really, really, really cool. I felt bad for Kirsten. Cause she felt devastated. She thought she had that Phalanx of lions. and I'm pretty sure with this she kinda realized it was dead. But uh yeah, it, it it played out interestingly and it's as we continue to talk about the episode more, it was kinda like what we assumed what would happen and wasn't too too crazy, but at least it kinda gave Kirsten like knowing she is on the outs and it was nice that uh Riley went to reassure Felicia like, hey, you're not my target I, I got you, and I felt like that was a really smart move on her part, and classy as well. And it was going to be just kind of interesting once we go more into the episode, you know, what really unfold because of that. You know, what do you think uh, about the fallout from, not so much the fallout, but the reactions after nominations were completed?
0: You know, I mean, it was expected, I think, you know, how everyone reacted. I didn't think anything was that surprising what I will say, the scene that kind of stood out for me, and I know it kind of maybe bleeds into a little bit of, like, the alliances being formed, I loved seeing Jared and Sari. Like, having a private moment, you know, be, her being a mother to him, you know, and basically telling him, you're talking too much, and his reaction, like, as the child. I, I love that. Uh, Felicia is just, to me, she's everything. Like, she is, oh my god. Like, I think I haven't been this down with an older contestant since, like, maybe Rennie. You know what I'm saying? You better not! But I mean, <laughs> That's all, yes, I yeah know exactly what That's you way mean. back. That was season 10, That which is an iconic season. Y'all need to watch that. Keisha's birthday, you know, Dan. Like, that it's, it's season 10 all is a bro- lot. Yeah. Season 10 is a lot, and it's so good from beginning to end. It's a classic season. Um, but, yeah, I love Felicia. Like, I love, 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 love... Felicia. And this is getting deeper into the episode, but when she falls into the damn hot tub. I mean, I'm glad she did not get hurt. But that's pure comedy right there. Like just pure, pure comedy. So Dude, my wife
1: was like, Why is she going in backwards? (laughs) She just she said she just
0: wanted to dip her toe in it to see I guess maybe if it was warm. And um backwards, right? (laughs) Yeah. It was it was a moment. Okay, so this episode sees what I alluded to from the live feeds happen. I mentioned last time that on the live feeds, you know, pretty much the house was split in half. And we got to see how that happened. We got to see Riley forming an alliance with her, um, her roommates from the scary room. We got to see Miss Felicia notice, good grief, like talk about an eagle eye, like the fact that she clocked them, you know, props to her, like that was so wonderfully impressive. I'm so glad they got clocked. And early on, I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, how obvious do you guys have to be? The handful. So we got the handful, which is the scary room people. And then Miss Felicia was telling Ceree and the others about the situation. And uh, she decided to, you know, basically she was like, we need to be an alliance. And so it was those that were in the BB Comics room, she was like, we're the bye-bye bitches. And uh, and so we got to see these two alliances form. We got to see the handful get their hands on some additional people, like Corey and Jared, et cetera. Um, so we're, we're sort of seeing the house split emerge. Let's talk about this, Mr. Benya. Let's talk about these alliances that are forming. You know, one that formed... Uh, naturally and one that's formed as a reaction to uh, this alliance i love
1: the way you put it the one that formed naturally and the one that formed of a reaction which is gonna be stronger i like that one was built out of the trust initial trust the one was built out of not desperation but you know fear
0: it's well not to jump ahead but the one that formed naturally, apparently, are not beasts But, um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
1: right. But, uh, man, Alicia. God, Don't get me wrong. Technically, it's like, well, the roommates are just having fun. But she keeps an eye. And damn is it sharp. She pegged them immediately. And it was like, I'm not going to forget this. And I bet you anything was she just kept like, okay, I bet you she thought this. HOH is down here with them, chilling. But she's HOH. Why aren't they in their room together instead? You know, are going in and out. Why isn't the HOH in her room consistently? Why is she down here instead? And I'm pretty sure she put the pieces together and she figured it out. I was like, man, that was quick. But, again, they did make it obvious. Wasn't completely hiding it. And what she did was super strategic. She goes to, essentially, the outsiders of a group and she says, hey... This is what's happening. You basically got some more of the young bucks over there kind of forming this alliance. We got to form something to counter that in case they decide to come after one of us and have each other's back. And the alliance forms. And
0: I got, uh, I forget her
1: name. What was the one that walked out of the room?
0: I feel about... Uh... Bowie Jane. Yes.
1: Initially, I was like, is she walking out of it? And then she's like, well, I don't want to make it too obvious, which, okay, I can kind of understand a little bit because you don't want to have too many people right in one room for a long period of time. And, but I was a little hesitant. I was like, I know you say you're in it, but I don't know how in it she really is. And then the beautiful name that Felicia gave it, the bye-bye bitches. And Sari loved, everyone loved it. I felt I like, I, lo- I love the fact she just looked on the wall and was like, it spoke to me. We are the bye-bye bitches. And it it formed, It it was a reaction, but it still formed nicely. I like the players that were formed in it. I can get down with that group. And the fact that, you now have this divide in the house, and it's great. It's early on, and then I give credit to the handful; they were knowing. Okay, we only got five. We need a few more, and they got three more in, and they're essentially part of the bigger group. So they got their core five, and then they have basically alternates, an extra three as their their numbers. And of course, anyone asks you to join an alliance, you're going to say yes. And you have Jared on one side and Suri on the other. And Suri brought up a beautiful point, which I thought immediately when you initially had told me last week that there was two sides of the house. You have Jared on one, Suri on the other. Suri can get this info, but at the same time, she was never asked or supposed to be privy privy to it. So it just, it's just—it's. I love the way this game is playing, man. This is like what Big Brother was of old. What do you think? Do you feel like this is more of a? You finally, I feel like for the first time, it's finally getting gameplay, thinking ahead. It's not getting crass or weird, except for that crazy look thing. Minus that, it feels like, okay, here are competitors and they're going to go at it. They're getting ready for war, for war. Does this remind you of any seasons of old, the way the gameplay is going? And how do you think this evolution is going to continue throughout with these two groups
0: going at it? Well, I'll say this. I know that I described them as an alliance that formed as a reaction to the handful. But everyone there, you know, if if you've been keeping up with the live feeds, everyone in that room outside of Bowie, Jane, I mean, they were already hanging out together, like, period. So it wasn't like, you know, um, I can't think of anybody. Um, I'm trying to think of who they don't really hang out with. So it's not really, like, as if they immediately had, like, Red was in there or uh, um, Cameron or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't, like, a weird hodgepodge of people. They were already, you know, individuals outside of Bowie Jane. Like, I don't know if Bowie Jane hangs out with them a lot. Um, But, like, the rest of them, like, they were already hanging out with each other. So it was natural, but it was a reaction, per se, is what I'm saying, um, because the way that you kind of were, like, is, is just like a hodgepodge. It isn't a hodgepodge. Like, they were sort of, like, naturally hanging out for the most part. Um, I liked them. Um, I'm so mad that Jag is on the other side because I really like Jag. Um, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not down with the handful. I like the bye-bye bitches. I'm just saying. I love that Jared is, though, on the other side. But my whole thing is, if I were Corey or Jared, uh, I would be kind of questioning, why am I being brought in at the last minute? Because then that means you are at the bottom and you are not a part of like the core group. So if I'm at the bottom, if I'm, you know, just all the way down here and like the five of you are already established, I would not feel any sort of allegiance to them. I'm just being honest. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I was not there from the beginning, then you all aren't looking at me as, like, a ride or die for real. So, um, I would be immediately sus about that whole situation. But that's just me. I do like that Jag and Riley have, like, a final two type of situation. I think that's interesting, um, I don't know if I'm going to be rooting for that side just yet, just because I, I like the uh, house guests that are on the Bye Bye Bitches side a little bit more. But I do like that everyone is playing the game, and uh, they're playing hard, they are, you know, down for the cause, they know that it's Big Brother, and they came to play and to win, and I'm really digging it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I'm I going to, though, disagree on one thing. I like the handful five i like oh that's both. fine to be honest, i
0: like both we I don't like both usually series. agree and it's it's fine <laughs>
1: no, that's, that's good right keeps it interesting keeps it honest exactly. i have no issues with either i'm just i just want to read to the end because i'm a survivor fan i love that riley teamed up with the jag because i feel like there's a great that's a great potential power duel to get through the game together so yeah the two became the five become eight and they were they were very strategic how they came about it now when it comes to like liking players or being f- fans of the players on either team, I mean there's only like two I care for on the bye bye bitches, that would be Sari and Felicia. Felicia and on the the handful would be uh for me personally would be Riley and uh Riley and Blue. And then Jerry, you know what? Jerry on me a lot. That guy very strategic. I feel like a lot of I mean most of more than usual to me pretty strategic, which I like. Either they got better players, they're playing smarter,
0: or they're finally just, you know, they got a, a really good group this season
1: to come together.
0: Absolutely. I agree. I just want to mention this before we get into the POV. I loved Jag and Hysom's conversation in uh, the uh, the gym. I loved sort of like their honest conversation about be- being brown men in America uh, Jag is the first Sikh house guest. Uh, we've had Muslim house guests in the past. And like I remember when Kesar was on, he was the first one. And, uh, you know, he had this entire conversation. Maybe it was with Janelle. I don't know. It's been a moment since I've seen season six uh, where he talked about being, you know, Muslim in America. So uh, I like, I really like their conversation. It was so open and honest. And raw and real. And uh, it's, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, just sort of continues to prove why representation matters. Because someone out there that maybe has never met somebody like Jag, you know, can see, you know, that he's just a normal dude. You know, he is, he's just like everybody else. You know, he just has, he's just from a different background. So uh, I really enjoyed that, and one of the things about Big Brother, at least in the past, has always been, you know, when they've brought in people, you know, from different walks of life, you know, them getting them together, having them open up, and uh, you know, share their truths. You know, everybody sort of learns and grows uh, from that. So it was a really nice moment between both of them. I agree with everything you said. <clears throat> I really enjoy. Seeing moments like that because you don't
1: really get to see it very often. There's only so much on television. The news is just whether you're left, right, middle, down, up, and just always extremist on either end. And this one was a very nice, hey, you know, this is what I've had experience and I just want people to And I love what Hyson said. Oh, I can't remember. He said it beautifully because how uh, Jag goes, you know, people, when they see a turban, that's all they see is a turban. They don't see me you know, type of thing, and they automatically judge me. And then Hyson goes, "It's because they haven't been exposed to it, so they don't know." And that was beautiful because if he, some people will get offense to what Jack says, like, "Oh, he's stereotyping us that so we're going to stereotype him," but that's not the point. He's saying what he's what he's saying is true. That's what they stare at. That's a fact. If you've never been exposed to it, and that's what Hyson brings into the conversation, saying, "There's no exposure. They have no education. They." They're they're ignorant, and mind you, it's not an excuse. But that's what ignorance leads to. And having these conversations gives you the information and the knowledge and the whereabout. It opens your mind of the world around us. I actually had this conversation today with second graders, and you know, just it's not good to stare at people. It's not good, you know, to uh to make fun of everyone. Everybody's different for a reason, and it's good to just care about one another, regardless of where you're from, where you're at, even you what you did is just coming as one people to just truly understand. And I love the fact that on Big Brother, which we've seen, that they get to really show the world their walk of life and what they've been through and what they're trying to break that glass ceiling, so to speak, on the stereotype of, hey, this is who we are as a people, not what you think we are. And I felt like that conversation, like you said, and the fact that they were a different background an Egyptian, a Sikh, was just, it was really good, like, it cannot
0: have been a more perfect moment, to be honest. I agree with you. I agree with you. Like, Big Brother, you know, it's it's the crazy moments. It's the insane competitions. But at the end of the day, it's about people. And uh, it's always great to see diverse people, you know, chatting and, and, you know, especially when it's the first time, like, there's ever been, you know, this type of person on Big Brother. You know, having them talk about their experiences. You know, showing the world you know they're they're just like everybody else. You know they just are a little different. You know I thought I thought it was a really really great moment, and I'm glad the editors included it. Okay, so POV time. The power of veto. It's uh, the same rules that uh, you know we've seen over the most recent seasons. It is the head of household. It is the two nominees, and then they reach in and pull out a chip with the name of, um, you know, the house guest that will be competing as well. So it's six players in total, what I always find kind of funny is like when they're in the diary room and they're like, you know, I really need somebody from my side and I want them to play because they might take me down. And then, you know, it's usually like not a person from their side. So uh, we'll we'll go in the order that they were selected. It was Hysom, Blue, and Cameron. The veto competition was brought to you by the Humiliverse. Sari was the host. The actual game was called Atomic Wedgie. And it is a type of competition that we've seen in the past. It's uh, a whole bunch of like little items that have to be stacked up together. And you have to stack every single item. Make sure it stands still. It, it doesn't uh, you know fall over. You hit the button. First one to do it gets the veto. The little twist this time around is that... Every so often, because this is the Humiliverse, the uh, Humiliverse will pull the contestants back, um, basically pull them into the air, giving them what appears to be an atomic wedgie. There's also a giant flower that squirts water at them during you know, specific times of the round and that sort of thing. I will say this. This one looked incredibly difficult, I think, because of the shapes of the items, because they were, like, flower shapes and that sort of thing. Um, It was commented by those watching the competition that it was taking a long time. And the amount of times that, like, we saw, like, basically some of the contestants very close to being done... And then all of a sudden it tumbles over, like half of it tumbles over, or a quarter of it tumbles over, or the entire thing tumbles over. Like the amount of times that that happened, I was like, good grief, were they there for like an hour or two trying to do this? It seemed like a very long competition. Uh, but at the end of it all, Hysum ends up winning, so he is the power of veto He's the first POV winner of the season. So let's talk about it. Let's break it down. Are you of like mind in, in regards to what I just said, Michael, about this competition? Did it look a little extra hard to you because of the shapes of uh, the stackables? Oh, 100%. Normally when this
1: game is done, there's been variations, right? The, the one that they normally do, they're all the same shape. And there's a timer you kind of got to refill the timer whether it be water sand whatever it is right or you can kind of lock in your number and in this case you had these funky shape the flower the long stem ones and you got the little flowers and the big flowers i could i I could tell that it was over a long period of time because there's moments where they some of them look gasped. granted you edit it right oh it's five minutes it's like no it was a it looked like it took at least an hour and a half to two hours to do and that's kind of crazy to think that they had this type of game take that long. So it was, it was like Kirsten had like what twice. She was already in the 30s. I think it was about 34, 36 pieces. And it just fell multiple times. Even uh, Felicia was closed a few times and it was a very like, man, they worked for that veto. So I thought it was kind of interesting that they had a, uh, this style. I'm pretty sure they got tired of all the damn wedgies and there was no timer. It was like, oh, okay, I'm going to lock in my third. I kept thinking initially, Oh, they can just lock it in. I was like, Oh wait, I forgot. It's, every single piece,
0: they definitely made it harder. So that's what, for me, made it a little more interesting. You know what? I didn't mind the wedgie. You know, I didn't mind the concept of being pulled back by, um, you know, the whole thing. Like, the bungee situation. Like, I think that would have been fun. Although that does sort of add to the length of the competition. Because, I mean, it looked like when they got pulled... Like, they got pulled for a moment. It wasn't a situation where they get pulled, and then they get released. It looked like they were up there for, you know, at least a minute or two. Um, yeah, but... Uh, mm. Imagine getting pulled uh-huh. for an hour and a half over and over.
1: I mean, that's going to be exhausting.
0: Oh, well, yeah, there is that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were trying to do the damn uh, Jenga situation, but uh, the Atomic Wedgie was like, bye-bye, bitches. Sorry, I love the name, bye-bye, bitches. So I know, good. you're like, yeah, I'm going
1: to throw it in. I'm going to throw it in everywhere.
0: You, you, you're going to wrap it, and bye-bye, bitches. I mean, exactly. <laughs> it's so good. And I love that they put the Janelle audio, like, at the end of that segment. So good. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Okay, so Heisum wins. And unlike in previous episodes, I feel like there's always a little bit more of a break between the POV competition and the POV meeting. Like, I feel like we always get a couple of scenes. This time around, we only really got one scene, and it was of Heisum and Kirsten sort of talking on the hammock outside. And... uh, I mean, clearly she wants him to use the veto, and and he even says that he would love to, you know, because he loves helping people and that sort of thing. But at the end of it all, at the veto meeting, he decides not to use it. He expresses that he's gotten the chance to know both of them, and he can't possibly choose between them, so he's going to let the house decide. So at the end of this episode, Kirsten and Miss Felicia are still nominated i'm going to double down on what i said before they are still nominated but neither of them will be evicted kirsten will get a second chance in the house i don't know if there was going to be a battle back situation we've been discussing this it seems like it is an option just because of how long the season is So I would not be surprised if there is a battle back situation. It could potentially start next week, per se. So with the first official evictee, uh, we will see, um, you know, maybe those, the first four, they will be sequestered and maybe we'll have a battle back. Um, I'm just thinking there's a battle back because of the length of the season, if there isn't anyone else that's coming into the house which I kind of feel like there isn't. You know, there are rumors online people think there is someone else coming to the house. I don't know if I fully buy it anymore. Um, What I will say, and I, I listen, this will be interesting to see. There have been times when they've evicted players and that sort of thing in the past. I wonder if Luke will not evicted i should say expelled players in the past i wonder if luke will still be a part of like the opening credits like you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying like yeah he was in it today because i think it maybe because it was a last minute type of thing and maybe they couldn't edit him out i wonder if he will still be included in the opening credits if we see them tomorrow I don't feel like we usually see the opening credits when there's a live show, but it's been so long since we've had opening credits that now I don't remember. Um, But yeah, I wonder if the next time we see those opening credits, if Luke will still be featured, because he was the second person featured in the opening credits.
1: Yeah, I, I would be really surprised if they keep them in there, because I almost feel like if you do, it's almost on like a slap in the face to him as well, as well as the show. You just kick them out, but you're keeping them there. And then he has an everyday reminder of, look, you got kicked out because you did something stupid. I, just, I, would be, I would be surprised, especially if they're going to address it. Why would you keep it? Well, so that's just me.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. What about your take on uh, just the veto meeting? I know nothing really was that surprising, but did you find Heisem and Kirsten's conversation in the backyard interesting?
1: It was an okay conversation. It wasn't anything,
0: you know, special
1: or extra. She's doing her best, but I give this though. I mean, I told you, I felt like she was going to battle. I feel like this whole Luke thing though changes everything. Remember, I told you, I feel like it was going to be a a fight the night before. Like tonight would have been like, hey, she's going to war to get her last uh, words in. But it was interesting to see that he he at least talked about thinking about it, and that's always a dangerous thing because. You never know what could happen, right? And I love the fact that he's playing. He wants to see how can she benefit my game. And that's always the point, right? You always want to express that. How are they going to help me? What can you do for me? And it was hard for him to want to use it on her because, as we already know, right, she was pushing so hard and playing so fast so quick. Had she not, I think personally, let's pretend she was still a target,
0: right, and she wasn't playing too hard. I think personally he might have used it on her. I think so as well. I think he would have used it on her. Uh, And, I mean, that would have changed the game in a big way. I mean, at the end of it all, because Luke got expelled, um, you know, it wouldn't have made a difference because I'm like, I'm 99.9999999% sure there will not be an eviction tomorrow. So that would have been... I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Okay, that's good, um, but I'm ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure that we are not going to have an eviction tomorrow. I mean, if we do, we do. Um, I, I just think it's going to screw up their schedule. Uh, you know, there's a hundred days. Like, they're going to need to bring in like ten people. <laughs> you oh, know what I'm sure. saying? <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm I'm pretty confident that there won't be an eviction. And had he removed her, I mean, that could have caused a little bit of a problem. I don't think Sari would have gotten nominated. I don't really think Sari is on Riley's radar, per se. So I have no idea who it would have been nominated. Um, but that would have been interesting, um, just because, I mean, expect the unexpected. I mean, that would have been, I think, unexpected maybe for Riley. I don't think she would have been prepared for um, hide to use it. I concur man it would
1: have been interesting just the fact that it would have been almost out of left field for people but I felt again it was just her gameplay style she she couldn't come back she, this week she cannot come back from it because of the way she played now she survives like you said with the 99999999 chance of not being a victim. Well not nine 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 nine. Ninety 99.999 99. 99. 99. 99. 99. Yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> but uh I think man she hasn't she has a great opportunity to change now her gameplay and style up a little bit it's not to change it too much just you know she has to change the uh the the way they see her mm-hmm. you know the perception Absolutely. is key in this game and the fact that suri seems so nice and non-threatening is the perception she gives off the only one that doesn't believe that is corey i think i don't know if we're going to bring it up or talk about it but Corey going up to her and i he's a fan he has to speak to her he wants to praise her but at the same time it sounds threatening the way he's speaking to her so highly it's like saying oh you're gonna win this game right guys yeah she's gonna win you don't want to hear that because that paints a target and that's why seri's like i think i need to get this guy out knowing that he's gonna go after her that's kind of funny right like she was speaking through fangs so to speak to her trying to butter her up but she's like you're you're a tech you're going after me now i have to go after you because of what you said what did you think of that conversation between uh Corey and Seri?
0: well interestingly enough i did not take it the way Seri did and i didn't take Ooh. it the way that you did just because i'm going by what we saw on the show and I did see a little bit more of that conversation online because uh you know BB Twitter you know uploaded clips of it I didn't find it in the sense that he okay he was fanboying you know he is a survivor fan he was fanning out you know he was praising her he was like you were robbed like oh you made it a final too like they're gonna they're trying to figure out new ways to make you fail and this that or the other, like I get that he was saying all of that in adoration of her and I think that's all that it was. I do think it is maybe not the best time when you're competing in a game with her to like. Be like, oh, you should have won. They robbed you. Like, you almost made it that far. Does it sound maybe a little bit bad? Yes. But do I think he meant it in any sort of way? Like, you're going to win this. You're going to make it to the end. Uh, We should all just give you the money right now. I don't think he meant it in that way. I also don't think Sari took it that way. Because that's how you kind of um, described it. I think Sari more so was like... Oh, you're a fan, you know my game, and you think I'm going to make it far. Like, i got to keep my eyes on you because if you start saying that to other people, people might start realizing that a little bit more because it'll be in their face, and this is that of the other. That's how I sort of took it.
1: In, the diary, in the, her diary room, though, she, it wasn't that light. She took it as a, you shouldn't be talking. She even said, you shouldn't be speaking to me that way because now… I got to watch out for you because you know my gameplay. And that's the scary part. Funny, we already know he is after her. And that's why I'm saying he slipped, but he yes, he fanboyed. But he unintentionally was telling her, I know how you play, and I'm going to, you're a target. And, that's, and, I'm, and I'm proud and happy that she picked up on that. And granted, it could have just been, like you said, completely innocent, which I bet you it was but we know his intentions. She picked up on his true intentions by accident because of what he said out of adoration. And I, dude, this season's awesome. And I love that she picked that up because of that. And I feel like it's she's going to keep an extra everything, as she mentioned, eye on him because of it. And that's where I feel like he kind of screwed up a little bit because now he wasn't on her radar. And after that convo, she is. I mean, he is. Excuse me. On hers.
0: I he guess. Watch out, Corey. You're talking a little too much. Your persuasion skills are not working. Remember, he's the number yeah, one yeah. persuader. Well, he
1: kind of her up.
0: Yeah. Didn't work. Backfired, I think. It did, but I don't think his intentions were wrong. Like I think you're no, no, I, you're I, reading. I agree. You're reading too much, like sinisterness. Um, I think he really was just fanning out, and it just went the wrong way. Because, like I said, this is not the time to be fanning out. You can fan out on finale night.
1: He's after her, right? He's mentioned it multiple times. He's never mentioned that he's after her. Dude, what are you talking about? Yes, he has. Like, he knows he needs to beat her. Like, it's her he needs to get rid of. Even today, like, he he wants to beat her to the end. He's never said that. Today he talked about it. He even mentioned it, and even previously before, like he—he—he he, he, even the one that mentioned that everyone's standing girling over her. But he goes, "That's the one you have to watch out for. That's the one you have to go after."
0: Well, I'm uh, gonna figure. I'm gonna. Figure I, out I know. Out. I get what Isn't you're saying. It? I guess for me, I mean, there's sort of talk about the game, because at the end of the day, like, everybody wants to win. So there's talk like, I have to make it into the end, I gotta take all these people out. There's, like, general talk like that, but then there's actual talk like, I'm targeting you. I don't think he's ever said, I'm you targeting... Think, you don't think he's... Gonna... No, I don't so think don't he's... think he's I don't... targeting her? I don't think I he disagree, has specifically man. said, I am targeting Sari, she needs to be the next one to get out. Usually, when people are targeting, like you always hear no, them say, "No, not the next one, but
1: she needs to get her out." It's gonna be quick. Maybe not the next, but it's gonna be quick. Yeah, that's the way I
0: interpret it. Okay, see, I, I don't interpret it that way until they actually say it, because everybody's gonna say, "I need to get all these people out." Like, uh, yeah, bye bye bitches to all of them. No, but you know what been I'm very saying? specific. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna look back at the episodes because I'm pretty sure I'm, not I'm imagining, but I'm reading it the way Siree reads it because that's the way I took it. All right. That's why I disagree with you a little bit there, but it's well, it's only right? episode three.
0: Coming. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah, for me, it's to way too early line. to be like, "I need to get you out tomorrow." So that's why I didn't take it that way. I, I mean, I, I mean, I would. I would stay in the diary room because she is badass, as we know. <laughs> yes. Well, unless you're aligned with her, and then you want her to stick around. I'm just saying. True becomes an amazing shield as well. Bingo. Yes, and I'm not gonna say well if Corey might be aligned with her now. So, stay tuned. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff that's been going on in the live feeds. This game has been fascinating. Um, Just on the live feeds alone, it, it appears as if the entire house has clocked everybody in the house. So, it's just... It's fascinating to watch. I'm interested to see how they incorporate any and all of that in the next episode. Because, yes, the house is split. Pretty much... Each side knows about the other side. They're trying to recruit people. Some people are flipping sides. It is kind of a crazy situation. And um, it's Big Brother, so anything and everything can change over the course of an hour in the Big Brother house. So stay tuned.
1: Love that, dude. Yes. I, I love to hear that, dude. I
0: love to hear that. you know what people
1: don't realize? I'm sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. you, But they're like, oh... You know, some people are like, how come they can't stay loyal? I was like, they're in there 24-7. They're just on the clock, essentially, the entire time. And eventually, you're just going to be talking too much. Or you're going to get this crazy paranoia. Or these little things are start to add up. Like, wait a second. Like, Felicia did it immediately. You know what I mean? And that's why these things change so quickly. But it makes for such good entertainment. And creative, non-stop changing gameplay. and That's what I love. It doesn't feel like... You know in seasons, like, it's predictable? It seems very unpredictable. Do you agree or
0: disagree? Yes, very unpredictable. Not predictable like the level six season, which you love. Um, yes, this seems very hey, hey, unpredictable. Hey,
1: don't hate what they did. They played that played it well, and the other side was also very dumb.
0: Like... That's what what it was. Well, I can hate on some of the microaggressions and stereotypes that they used to evict people. Agree 100% on that. Yes, I agree on that. Which, you know, as I said before, you know, once you show me your true self, I can't root for you. That's just, that's me um but yeah it is unpredictable it's interesting i will defend my girl miss felicia for a moment because you were talking about paranoia and then you brought her up um maybe it was a little bit of paranoia or maybe she was just clocked them, um and she was right though oh yeah so I wasn't I, negative by the way but okay good, it, hey, good. i just want to make sure i
1: have i have my yeah, yeah no it was, it was i'm sorry I'm i will defend Miss it was in a it was in a good way because this paranoia like what, that went overboard and automatically she assumed, I think that's why she played super hard. And with Felicia's, was just like, she's seen stuff in life. She has experience. She knows when people are clicking together. And that it went into her favor, her observations initially. And paranoia is never a bad thing. Let's just be honest. It just keeps you prepared right on your toes. Expect the unexpected. and, with her, and that's what it is. You don't know what you don't know.
0: Exactly. The unknown unknown. Exactly. All right. So still to come. The first live vote and eviction of the season. Question mark. I say no. I I say no. Um, I think we're going to get a fake out. Um, Yeah. So I, I don't think we will be getting the first live vote and eviction of the season. You disagree. You think there will be like are we split like the house? You think there will be an eviction? You think Kirsten is gone?
1: It's looking not, but I wouldn't be surprised. Or why not screw it? Let's pretend they weren't planning a battle deck. Why not start it now then? It gives them that opportunity, you know what I mean? So, I I wouldn't be surprised if either or happens. I feel like it could still happen, because Big Brother does like to do its own thing. But yeah, I feel like... It's like a twenty percent chance there's gonna be an non eviction uh, I mean eviction and then eighty percent chance that there will be no eviction. That's just what I think because of how quickly everything is happening.
0: Okay. I'm very much the opposite. For me it's a ninety nine point nine percent chance Well, there's a lot more nines after that, Um, but I won't repeat them. Uh, But I think it's a 99.9% chance that there will not be eviction. I think there's just like a 0.1. It might even be a 0.01% chance, at least in my opinion, that there will be a live vote and eviction. What I would kind of love, if I'm being fully honest, because I think this would be incredibly devious, and it um, it would stir the pot in an interesting way. I would love for them to do a full vote. Like, everybody goes to the diary room, everybody votes, and then at the end, Julie is like, you know, here are the results. By a vote of, um, oh, I don't know, I can't do the math right now, but let's, whatever the numbers are, it's not going to be this, but, you know, by a vote of, like, eight to seven. Oh, wait, the, 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 the scramble versus scrambling things because of what happened with Luke getting expelled, there will not be an eviction tonight. And she doesn't finish it. But, you know, she sort of says, and then people start thinking about the numbers and that kind of thing. I think that would be really interesting, and that would stir the pot in an interesting kind of way. Um, I don't think they're going to do all that, because that would be a little bit too much much fakage. I think what they'll end up doing is uh, what we saw them do... uh, uh last season uh when uh well actually you know what we have a recent example of someone being um expelled from the house and i completely forgot about it paloma last season she was expelled from the house and uh it was taylor and was it terrence that were up for eviction and neither of them i thought she left they did kick her out i don't know why i thought she left for some reason um, I believe she was um, told that she had to leave, and she did not have Maybe the choice was... uh, okay. because she was having a bit of a mental break Yeah, in the house. Like a real, like,
1: legit mental crazy, like a crazy, like, not safe breakdown.
0: Yes. Um, on top of the microaggressions and stereotypes and all that kind of stuff that she was also doing. Uh, um but yeah, where that... my people be go I on on oh but um, but, yeah, so she was expelled, she was removed from the game. Luke has been removed from the game, and there was no eviction, and if I'm not mistaken, like Julie just came on at the end and was like, You know, because of what happened, there is no eviction, so maybe that's what's going to end up happening. But I like my devious way a little bit more just because, you know, if Riley is HOH and they all think there's going to be a, a vote in eviction and she feels like she has X amount of votes, but then all of a sudden Julie's like, buy a vote of this and that, and the numbers don't match up. I just feel like that's drama, but drama in a good way. And I would be here for it. I'll be honest, man. That I love your idea. Like I legit do. Like that's like
1: amazing writer stuff. That's a very great way to have something that's predictable. Oh, she won't be evicted, but you're doing it in such an entertaining way that it keeps audiences captivated and then you have a real fallout the fact of something nobody saw coming not only did they get the fake out eviction, you get exposed and then you see how they're going to react to it dude that's honestly damn they're not going to do it but that's that's a great that's honestly one of the best ideas I've, I've heard you say game wise like for an idea for them to do so far dude it's that's a great idea dude I actually really
0: really like it thank you BB you can hire me I'm just saying you know I'll, I'll spice up the game Yes. All right. Any final thoughts, Mr. Benya? Was there anything that I missed a tiny moment or anything that you would like to discuss before we wrap things up?
1: I think I had something, but I completely blanked.
0: But I think we actually ended up talking
1: uh, about it throughout the episode. Honestly, it's been, I can't say it enough. I feel like a freaking broken record. It's a very good season. And I say that because, like you mentioned, the previous seasons, eh, it seems very dull. To the point where when i watched big brother canada it was super exciting just you know because it was so different and there was so much energy and the themes were very on point and i i love the multiverse of theme this season and the all this potential opportunity that there is and the fact that they got a great core group and it's just i can't wait to see the fallout tomorrow like what's gonna happen and, and let's see are we gonna have a live audience i'm actually kind of excited to see if they do that i really hope they do but I'm 99.99999%
0: sure that they won't. Mm Mm-hmm. Will we have a live audience? Will Julie Chen Moonves finally hug an evicted house guest? Stay tuned. Remember, she hasn't been hugging them either ever since COVID. No. Unless it's the finale, and then she hugs everybody. But um, anyway. (laughs) Only, Only one, they get one. Exactly. They get one day to hug her. Um, Anyway, on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Expect the Unexpected. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us.
1: Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychula Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite poppychula radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play.
0: Thanks, announcer, my co-host, my fellow house guest. Please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, people. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to Expect the Unexpected via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also download the entire series by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives from outside the Big Brother house, at least virtually. Good night.